right, we want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn me up just a little bit. We're grateful to the Lord for everyone that's here, and we look forward to sharing with you uh, the things that the Lord have laid on my heart to share. You have your Bibles. Let's go to the let's go to the 13th chapter of the book of John. The 13th chapter of the book of John. One of the uh, next month, if the Lord will, uh, the Lord say the same, I will turn 47. I'll be 47 years old next month. And one of the things that I have learned in life, um, one of the main lessons I believe that the Lord have taught me in life, uh, and I learned that lesson, and I tried to be um, very, I tried to be very, very attentive to the things that the Lord teach me. Um, I, I guess I can start with high school. Um, when I was in high school, uh, and honestly, I almost dreaded graduation day uh, because, again, like I've said before, you go to school for 14 years or so with the same group of people. They become like your brothers and sisters. To me, that's the way I looked at it, like they were cousins or whatever. You know, they, even though I wasn't talking to all of them every day and I wasn't talking, uh, you know, probably never <laughs> said anything to a few of them, you know, just because we didn't run in the same circle. Um, I just got used to seeing the same faces, and that was life. Uh, for just about the first 17 years of my life, seeing the same people over and over again. The, the classmates that I had in, in Head Start and kindergarten, some of them were my same classmates uh, in my classes when I was a senior in high school. And so <laughs> graduation day came, and I thought, man, you know, some of these people I'll never see again. Some of these people I'll never see again. Some of them, they'll, uh, you know, if they live for the Lord, I might see them on the other side, but that's it. And it was a, it was a sad occasion for me, and I, I can remember, you know, at the end of the graduation ceremony when everybody took their caps off and threw them up in the air like they do as, as a tradition. I held on to mine. I, I couldn't understand. I understood the idea of people being glad to be finished with school, with high school. Uh, but I thought, do y'all not see what's going on here? You know, we're not, we're not going to be coming together eating Monday through Friday like we, we've done before. You know, it, it, this is a, a change that's forever. We couldn't come back here if we wanted to. You know, and so then I, from there, after I graduated high school, I went to the Navy, and uh, a whole nother change. And there was a few people on the plane with me as we were flying from Houston up to Chicago uh, for basic training. And y y I could tell who was on that plane going to the same basic training that I was going to. 
uh, because we all had this look on our face like we didn't know what to expect. Most of us were straight out of high school. And now here we are, we're going to a new town. We know we're going to get yelled at. See, We know we're going to get fussed at. Uh, we know we're going to get called names. But you, just not knowing what to expect. And, you know, and it's one of those things I believe just by the grace of God, uh, just throughout life, just these different changes, that the Lord was pushing me into those changes. So then you're, you're two and a half months in basic training, and then, you know, you, you, you develop this camaraderie with another group of men, and, and then after you graduate from basic training, now it's on to your A school. Well, you might only have one or two people that's, that was with you in basic training that's going to the same school that you're going to. And so now I, I'm in Virginia, you know, from Chicago to Virginia, starting all over again, getting to know a whole another group of people. And I was in, I was in A school uh, from November until March, and then I graduated from A school. And, and then from there, only three of the people that I was in A school with got stationed with me on the same ship. So now here we go again. Starting all over again, moving, just moving, just moving. And we all boarded a plane at the Dover Air Force Base in Delaware, and we flew around the world together. Our first landing spot was Spain, and then we went on to, to uh, New Cairo, West Egypt, and then from Egypt we went to Somalia, and then from Somalia, Mogadishu, Somalia, we went back to New Cairo, West Egypt, and then from New Cairo, West Egypt, we went back to Spain. And then from Spain, we went to um, Italy. And then from Italy, um, we flew from Italy to Bahrain in Saudi Arabia. We were there for quite a while there. And while I was in Saudi Arabia, I was standing up against the wall. Uh, one of the captains was having a retirement party. And uh, I was standing up against the wall, and I looked at a fella standing on side of me drinking alcohol, and he asked me if I wanted some. I said, no, I don't drink. And then uh, I said, but you know, you look familiar. And uh, he, I said, where are you from? He said, oh, you wouldn't know my little old bitty town. I said, uh, you look familiar. Where are you from? He said, I'm from a little place called Derrida, Louisiana. Bet you ain't never heard of that. <laughs> Except I just graduated from there. <laughs> and so, you know, I find, and I'm saying all these, and I'm going through all these different changes like this, because I find, you know, that the same thing is true in God's work and in his will. You only grow and you only go as far as you are willing to deal with change. And sometimes what happens is people get used to certain things being a certain way. Do you know that that's one of the reasons why we have so many denominations in the world today? Because, and I just explain it this way, <coughs> God starts with one church, let's put it this way. God starts with one church. Let's call that church God's truth and deliverance. And then the church grows and grows and grows 
and, and, and people come in, you know, and, uh, you know, so one day people come in and I say, well, you know, God is wanting us to do things this way now. Uh, from now on, we're going to, you know, maybe meet, <laughs> maybe we'll meet at six o'clock at night or something. I'm just using this as an example, you know, because God is wanting to do something from at six o'clock. And, and so then, then you have a group of people. They say, well, you know, my, my body clock is already adjusted to 11 a.m. So, so that's, let me call sister so-and-so, see what she thinks about that. Let me call brother so-and-so, see what he thinks about that. And, and then you get about 40 or 50 people on, on your side that whose body is not willing to adjust to 6 p.m. service. So then they, they start a new group. They start a new group. The 11 a.m. Baptist <laughs> church. <laughs> the only problem is God is not in 11 a.m. He's, he's going to the 6 p.m. church. But for, for a thousand years, 11 a.m. carry on as if God is still with them. Does everybody see that? that? That's the reason why we have all these denominations. Because people are not willing to change and move with the flow of the Holy Spirit. And so, I'm going to say this. Before most of us come to the Lord, Jesus Christ, for salvation, we were hurt by the world. We were hurt by things we saw. We were hurt by things people did to us. And, you know, and so now you, you come here, I, I can preach the gospel to you. I can tell you, you know, all these wonderful things that God want to do and the, the new things that God wants to do in your life. But, you know, even in hurt, even though hurt is not a desirable uh, feeling and not a desirable thing that people want to really deal with, just the fact of having to change. People are scared of it. So it's, it's more comfortable for them to remain in the hurt that they're in than coming out of it. You, you, know, you know what the trick of God is? You know what the trick is with getting people to grow in the Lord? Getting them to let go of hurt? Getting them to change their mind about why the hurt came? That's the trick. Does everybody understand that? that that's one of the reasons why so many people stay stuck where they are spiritually so. Because even in hurt, even though people don't want to be hurt, they've lived so long in it and with it that they don't know how to function outside of it. And, and so, why? Because if I come out of my hurt, I'm going to have to start thinking differently. I'm going to have to start living differently. I, and, and I'm afraid of change. I don't, does everybody understand that? You, you know, it's a dangerous thing when your identity is in your hurt. It, it's a dangerous thing when you've built your whole house on hurt. When you've built your whole mindset, the way that you do things, the way that you operate, all of that is built on hurt. Um, a few years ago, and I, and I would say maybe three or four times over the last few years, I've injured my shoulder here. 
I, I can't remember. I, maybe I'm, I, I was sleep wrong. And you know how sometimes if you sleep with your arms up above your, above your chest, you don't know it when you sleep, but you could turn and you could hyperextend your, your elbow, uh, your, uh, your shoulder there. And, you know, I, I don't quite know um, how exactly it happens. I just know that there have been times where I've woke up in the morning and, I, and it feels like my, sh my shoulder is separated. And so then <laughs> I have to walk around like this. I, I have a sling for whenever that have happened. And, I, you know, and that, there have been times where I purposely walk around with this invisible sling. I know if I drop my arm, you know, and I've told my wife, I said, it feels like my arm is going to fall off. It feels like something is disconnected here. And, you know, so it, even when I'm taking a shower, I couldn't lift my arm and, and uh, you know, to wash under my arms. I would have to just do this because I, I couldn't stand to lift that, see. And so, you know, I'm allergic to aspirin and ibuprofen. And... That's the medicine that is the, what they call the anti-inflammatory medicine. No matter what name they, you know, you, you know, if it's got ibuprofen in it or aspirin in it, any of those, I can't take it because my throat will close up and I'll be struggling to breathe, see. And so I have to deal with the pain. I have to deal with it being inflamed the way that it is. And I just have to wait on the Lord to let it go down, see. So you, you imagine now, you're walking around for a few days with your with your arm like this and it hurts my my wife just went through that see and now she she know what i'm talking about I, she woke up uh well the other night when we were we got home she reached behind her to the back seat to get and pick something up and uh she felt she she hyperextended her her shoulder and she said now i know how you feel now I know what you're going through. Now I know what you're saying when you say that it feels like your, your, your shoulder is separated from the rest of your body. That's, that's a bad feeling, you see. And so you walk around, and I told her, I said, now you just be as still as possible. Keep this still. You know, and I said, even when it starts feeling better, don't you move it, you see. Because you can get to the point where you don't feel the pain and you could think you're, you're good to go and you do something and then you're right back to day zero. See, <laughs> how many of you know what I'm talking about? And so you, for about a week, you, you're walking around like this, you know, because you, you can't stand, you know, you can't even stand for your, if you're riding in a vehicle for your car to hit little bumps. Because just every little jitter like that hurts. So you're walking around trying to keep this as still as possible. Now, uh, the first couple of times when that happened to me, I walked around that way for maybe a week or so. And uh, <laughs> you, know, you know what happened? I developed uh, a crook in my neck. Because I'm holding this really too high. And listen, this is what I'm doing. I'm bracing pain see that that's that's the that's the trick of it see when you're used to pain you brace for it and and that in and of itself causes you pain 
even so, you know, I learned my lesson after the first time. Okay, don't move. Don't don't get cocky about it. Don't move. Just stay still. Uh, it don't matter what kind of devil is lying to you and telling you everything is okay. You wait that whole week out. A and so, <laughs> listen, even after you have been healed, you still have this propensity to walk around bracing like you haven't been. Does everybody understand that? In reality, what it is, you're scared of change. See, you've programmed yourself to keep your arm still. Don't let your, the weight of your arm put that weight on your shoulder, see. But you know, in, in while doing that, while you are bracing for that, you're hurting yourself somewhere else. And so what happens? Uh, people can go through all kind of pain in their life. They can go through all kind of disappointments and, and go through things that cause them hurt. And after the hurt is over, what brings the pain after that is them bracing for more hurt. Does everybody understand that? Because people are afraid of change. We have three dogs on our property now. All of them were stray dogs. Just showed up at the property. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big... Uh, pet type of person, uh, but I believe all of God's creatures should live, if that make any sense. And uh, so I, I love life, and I love the life of even God's creatures that he created. And so we keep them as pets. And, you know, it, it never fails when they first get to the house. You know, they come up, you know, trying to figure you out. Is you going to shoot me? Are you going to shoot at me? You know. And, you know, they walk up, they walk up to you kind of sideways and slow, you know, and uh, you're just looking at them and they looking up at you. And then when you go to pet them, they jerking back. And all you want to do is comfort them because, you know, you know, you done took care of your owner for the last 14 years and they done dumped you off on this back road. You know, so I know your little feelings are hurt, but come I I, I love on you and I pet them. But e every time you go, they jerking away. See, And that's what happens with people in life. Even people that God sent to this ministry, the devil done beat up on them, done dropped them off here. <laughs> we, we take strays. <laughs> and we take them all. <laughs> but when we go to Petra, we don't want you backing away, bracing yourself. You have to adjust your mind to change. God is not out to hurt you because he's correcting you. You have a new owner now. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? And with that new, and God, that, that, that old owner kept you outside. Threw you a few scraps every now and then. Come on, Chuck, or whatever. Get your little scraps. Didn't give you shelter, didn't give you anything. Just a few scraps to live off of. Then you come to your new owner because the devil's tired of you. You come to your new owner and you think your new owner is going to do you the same way. And you brace every time God, God, God comes to comfort you. You, oh, oh, 
You, does everybody understand that now? Now, you ought not to be here for years and years still thinking that God is a harsh owner. But I'm going to tell you this, it's his job to retrain you. W- what you were doing for your old owner ain't going to work. You, you got a new schedule now. You eating new food now. You ain't got to live outside in the doghouse. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> but you have to be willing to accept change. You know, the just same way when I was in high school. Uh, we were treated like children because we were. But, you know, I didn't want to change. I, 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 I didn't mind being a child, I guess you could say, if that make any sense. But when I, <laughs> when I became a man, graduated high school and all of that, I had to get used to this new type of life. Now I'm an adult. Now I have a responsibility. But you know, some people, they don't want to move into maturity because it's just more comfortable for them to remain child-minded. You can't grow in the Lord despising maturity. So we have to change. Does everybody understand that? You know, my mother was such a stickler, which, which I, and I thank God that she was. You know, when we were growing up, we couldn't just go in her refrigerator. We didn't put anything in it. Didn't, didn't put a thing in it. So we had to ask for permission. Mama, can I have? And, you know, and we got so used to uh, doing that. I told my wife the other day, my mother told my, my youngest sister, I think she told her, I'll give you $25 or either $50 or something. might have been $100. If you can go the whole day without saying, Mama, can I have? <laughs> She's still waiting on that money because she could not go the whole day without saying it. Mama, can I have? So that was common in my household, see. So we were trained. You, you're not grown here. You can't just go in the refrigerator. You have to ask for permission. We couldn't just go outside. We had to ask for permission. Mama, can I go outside? For what? To play basketball. Where? Down the street. At whose house? It wasn't none of that. Can I go outside? Because China is outside. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Oh, we couldn't be slick like that. And so when I when I became an adult and bought my own refrigerator, <laughs> I had to remember, oh, wait a minute. Things have changed. I ain't got to call mama. I, I can go in. Man, okay, so this ain't bad. In other words, there's a swap. You miss all your old school friends. You miss all the people that you went to school with. But that's changed. Now I've moved into something else, see, where where I'm responsible now. And now I buy my own food. I don't have to ask for permission to go in this refrigerator. And listen, it wasn't, we weren't walking around talking about it, you know, where, you know, where we thought we were being mistreated. We didn't think that was child abuse. We saw, we, we visited 
other people and saw how their children acted. We saw how they would go in the refrigerator and not ask for a thing. Uh, but we weren't, we weren't congregating and thinking, well, you know, when we need to do an a, a uprising here. Other people, you see how they do it? They ain't got to ask, why are we asking? What kind of mother do we have? You see, to us, everybody else was crazy. Everybody else was. It, it, does everybody, our house was the norm. Y'all crazy. <laughs> does everybody understand that? <laughs> you going to go to jail one day. Because we know you our age. You ain't buying nothing either to put in the refrigerator. Your, your mama teaching you how to steal. I say your mama teaching you how to steal. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> Your mama's making you self-entitled, making you ungrateful. You're not going to know how to thank God for tomatoes. You're going to just think it's just there. It's just there for my taking. I don't know how it got there, and I don't care. You see? And so in my adulthood, I had to get used to change. And there was this swap. You let go of this, and you pick up that. And, and that's the way it is in our spiritual walk. It, there is change that takes place. You cannot ask God to help you to grow in him without expecting change. Does everybody understand? And so let's, if, so is everybody there, the 13th chapter of the book of John? Let's, we're going to start reading at verse 31. It says, therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, everybody see that? A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one to another. Now let's let's pay attention to what the Lord is saying here. Why is he saying this to them? By this shall men know that you are my disciples. Let's think about that. You know, on the surface, it just appears that he's just saying, look, if y'all love one another, people are going to know that y'all belong to me. But you know what he's really saying? I'm about to leave. Y'all not going to have me to walk behind anymore. I'm about to leave. So this is what you do to be identified with me. So in other words, all these three and a half years you've been walking with me, everybody could look at you following me everywhere I went, and they could say, those are the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. But see, here's the thing. There's a change that's about to take place. And through this change, he's telling them, now this is how people are going to, there, there's a new way to be identified as my disciple. And it's not me walking and you physically walking behind me. It's not me teaching and you physically sitting here while I teach you. 
the new way is love. I'm about to leave. And this is the way people are going to be able to identify you as belonging to me if you have love one for another. So, so does everybody see that now? All right. Verse 36, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Everybody see that? He didn't ask him nothing about love. Wait a minute. So wait, I, I, you trying to hurry up and talk. Let's backtrack. Where are you going? <laughs> I heard you throw that in there. And then start trying to talk about love to China. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> Jesus answered him, Whether I go, thou canst not follow me now. But thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? Everybody see that? Because I'm not ready for change. Everybody see? He says, I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Now, if he would have just accepted what the Lord had said and not tried to tongue wrestle with the Lord, he wouldn't have put his foot in his mouth about being able to follow the Lord wherever he went. You know, Peter wouldn't have had to go through denying the Lord three times if he had just accepted what God had told him. You can't follow me. Do you know that's what made him have to deny the Lord those three times? Because he tried to follow him and the Lord had already told him, you can't go where I'm going. He tried to hang close by, and he was around some people that noticed him. You're one of his disciples. If he had just accepted what the Lord had said, there's a change coming. You're not going to be able to follow me. He wouldn't have denied the Lord three times. He wouldn't have been around to have to deny him. The Lord was telling him, you're not ready yet. And so sometimes... The Lord is trying to tug on us for this change. You know, the biggest issue that people have in marriage is change. That's the biggest issue. Let me tell you why. Because before you were married, you could do what you want to do. You can go where you wanted to go. You didn't have to share your toys. You get tired of somebody, forget you. That little note I wrote you to circle yes or no, just tear that up. We ain't together no more. But see, then you get married and you get a piece of paper. It, it, ain't, it, ain't, it don't end just by you tearing it up. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? No, that's not the way it happens. You know, in some states... This so-called, what they call it, uh, the marriage. It ain't you standing before a judge. What's that marriage called? Common law marriage. Where people are shacked up for five years and are living in sin. So I guess the, the governor tried to say, okay, yeah, look. Look like y'all done grew on each other. We'll just go ahead and call y'all married. Y'all don't even start looking alike. <laughs> Do you know even some states, 
e even common law marriage, has, you have to go through the courts to separate and divorce? You can't just break up? You're common law married. That's a law. When I was in when I was in real estate school, they had this thing that you know where uh, they were teaching us. Uh, the the man had just went through that. The the teacher he had just went through that. Where he said, when when you are selling somebody's property, you make sure you comb their life through, because while they might be trying to sell property and telling you they're the sole owner, if they've lived with somebody for over five years, and it don't matter how long ago they've been broke up, if they're not divorced, they have a right to this property. The, the person that moved on and been with two other people or whatever the case is, but somebody was common law somewhere. Does everybody see that now? And so that's one of the biggest problems in, in, in marriage. People don't want to change. They don't want to adjust. Does everybody see that? And it is quite an adjustment. Uh, but it, it don't hurt you and it don't burn you if you accept this is a new life. The way that I was doing things when I was single, I can't do it anymore like that. I have to consider somebody. I can't just get up and leave, male or female. I need to tell my wife, look, sweetheart, I'm about to go over here. If, if you need me, call me. Or do you need me now for anything? I can't just get up and go, and my spouse don't know where I'm at. Does everybody see that? So it's changed, see? But to me, it's a good change. It, it's a good change, see? And so here, Peter did not want to let go of what was familiar to him. For three and a half years, these men, they had left all that they knew, even their families. Peter had a wife. I'm sure a few other of them had wives and families. They left all of that to follow him. And then three and a half years later, here he is telling them, I'm about to leave y'all. You, you had to know they felt stuck. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Are you the same one that preached? You'll never leave or forsake us? And see, people having their mind how things are supposed to go. One of the worst, listen, one of the biggest enemies of the kingdom of God is your comfort zone. That's one of the biggest enemies of the kingdom of God. Your comfort zone. Does everybody understand that? So, you know, the Lord understanding this. Now, he, to me, he was just as good of, 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 of a Lord as what anybody could be. In chapter 14, verse 1, he says, let not your heart be troubled. Everybody see that? Now, isn't that something? And you know, that's God's word for us today. When God brings about a change to your life, that's what he's telling us. Don't let your heart be troubled. You know what troubles a person's heart? The unknown. God, I've been living like this for the last, I don't know how long. I've gotten, I've gotten settled 
into my routine. And you know, one of the things you have to know about God, if you're going to follow him, you have to follow him. Does everybody see that now? He says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Everybody see that? So here he is trying to comfort them. I'm not just leaving you because I don't like you. I'm not just bringing about this change just to shock your system. There's a purpose behind this change. And the purpose is always better than your comfort zone. So he's telling them, you might not believe this, y'all, but I'm leaving for your sake. I'm not leaving y'all because I miss heaven. (laughs) Does everybody understand that? I'm leaving for your sake. Look at what he says. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Everybody see that? So he's trying to comfort them and he's trying to get them to see listen this is life and this is the way things happen I'm going to prepare a place for you so that we can be together in other words this place that you done got comfortable at listen (laughs) he's talking about spiritually for you Some of your comfort zones is in your own mind. And you've been fighting God since you've been here about renewing it. (laughs) Does everybody understand that? But the Lord have prepared a place for you that you can't go with that old mindset. You're going to have to let go of that. Does everybody see that now? And he's saying, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, ye may be also. Do you know you can't be where God is with your old devilish mindset? I'm talking about spiritually so. If you feel like God is so far away and he's so distant, start with your mind. I can guarantee you he's a million miles away from that old corner of mine. <laughs> a million miles away from it. But but not because he don't like you. But because he's prepared a new mind for you. And a new heart. You're going to, does everybody understand that? And God, as long as you're holding on to that old mind, he's not going to shove the new one in there because he don't want you being double-minded. Give that old mind up so that you can receive a new mind 
so that this, what's preached today, will make sense. Because, see, it don't make sense. The things we preach, wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. You'll fight against it because you don't see where the joy comes. Me not getting my way, where's the joy in that? <laughs> husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Where's the joy if she's hard to love? But here's the thing. What have your mind gotten you so far? The, the mind that you got now, where has that gotten you in life? Everybody see that? Look at your track record. Y you know, it only, it only takes four times around the track to, to, to run a mile. And let's say, for instance, uh, the finish line is the mile. Uh, the, your fourth time around, that's supposed to be it. But, but some of you, you've been running, you done ran around that track 20 times and ain't received a reward yet. tell you why because hell don't have a finish line every time you think you done got close the devil pick it up pick that line up that rope up that you're supposed to cross with your arms up in the air claiming victory and he move it not on that track to the next track <laughs> there's no way for you to win running the devil's race does everybody see that now? <laughs> so now let's, let's go now. Verse 4, he says, And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Does everybody see that? So he's telling them, this path that I'm talking about, this is not a natural path. Th this, everybody understand? They're thinking, they're thinking he's talking about some natural location. So are you going to Capernaum again? Why can't we come? We've been following you all these years. Why you got to take this special trip away from us? Now, here's, here's what I want you to see. Look at what, so again, now they're thinking natural. If I tell you I'm going to Jackson, Tennessee, and, and, but you can't come, you could think, you can halfway find your way there. So that's what they're thinking. Where are you going? What way are you going? And what does he answer? I am the way. You know what he's saying? I go to prepare a place for you. Do you understand what he's saying there? Your mind. If you will let me renew your mind, you can have heaven on earth right now. The devil won't have room to torment you with doubt and unbelief and what's going to happen tomorrow. Because I am the way. I'm not talking about going to heaven and preparing a place. I'm talking about I have prepared a new heart and a new mind to give you. And if you will receive it, you can have joy every day. You ain't got to be tackled by the devil for 50 years and then wait and go to heaven to experience it. Does everybody see that? And so you have to know that wondering. So how are you going to accomplish this? Look at what he says. 
Verse 7, if ye had known me, you should have known my father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Why? Because just the way John the Baptist preached it, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Lord brought heaven with him. And so we as believers, we're not supposed to live this life of, man, if I could just, if, you know, all this preaching that's going forth, all these rules and laws and stuff, I got to keep all that to get to heaven? You could let the Lord enter into your heart and let him walk it out through you. It ain't no burden. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? If he's living on the inside of you, he's already walking heaven out. You're already there. Look what he says now. Verse 8, Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Everybody see that? Still thinking about a natural place. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? Everybody see? He that has seen me has seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou that I believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth where? In me, he doeth the works. Jesus Christ living on the inside of you is heaven all day. Does everybody understand that? Believe me. That I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because, listen, because I go unto my Father. Does everybody understand that now? So he's telling them, I'm about to leave. I'm about to leave. Listen, and this is necessary for your sake, because as long as I'm in this earth, you're not going to be able to do everything that you are capable of doing. As long as I have to babysit you. You have to get to the point where you can do stuff without me watching you all the time. Does everybody understand that? So you know what that's saying for us? At some point in your walk in life, you ought to be able to just pick up. I don't feel like the Lord is pleased with me doing this. Rather than coming here and me having to shove that down your throat and you getting mad, having something else to be mad about. At some point, the Lord want to quit holding your hand. At some point, he's wanting to leave. Does everybody understand that? At some point, you have to get to the place where you can be led by the Holy Spirit.
I sincerely believe that if we have the same Holy Spirit, then there are some things that ought not to have to be preached. Does everybody understand that? God have written a law in the hearts of his people. Most of the time when I preach, it's because somebody is being hard-headed about what the Lord has already been dealing with them about. And so we have to preach and confirm what God has already spoke. Does everybody understand that? All right, let's go ahead and keep reading now. Verse 13. Well, let's read verse 12 again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Do y'all believe that? Who's doing the works? If you believe on them, you ought to be doing greater works than what the Lord was doing. But listen. How in the world are you going to graduate to doing the greater works? When the Lord's got to wrestle with you about giving you a new mind and a new heart. How are you going to cast out devils when you have the devil of stubbornness? Does everybody understand that? So you see how we hold ourselves up B- because we don't want to change? Look at what he says. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because there's going to be a change. I go to my Father. Everybody see me. Verse 13, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name. You know what the problem was? They were used to getting babysat. You see, I'm telling you how he's laying out a whole new way that they're going to do things. Before, when they had gripes among each other and they had issues, they would go to him. Jesus, Paul said, I mean, Peter said this. What do you say? Make him divide an inheritance. He, He done inherited some stuff from daddy and he won't share. You might know the Lord got tired of that. Does everybody understand that? So he's telling them, I'm about to go. I'm about to leave y'all. Y'all about to act like y'all got some sense. Yeah, it's, kinda, it's, it's, it's a new way to do things. Now when you want something, you're going to have to ask it in my name. You're not going to come ask me. You're going to have to ask it in my name. Does everybody see that? Look at what he says, verse 13. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Do y'all believe that? Listen, God's word is not a lie. It is not a lie. If ye shall ask Anything in my name, I will do it. Now, here's where we have to be honest at. How many of us, I'm not asking you to raise your hands. 
How many of us have ever asked anything in his name and he didn't do it? I'm going to tell you why. Because you did not adjust to change. Does everybody understand that? You still one of those people, the Lord got to come hold you by the hand and lead you every single place because you really don't want to go anyway. You don't want your mind renewed because you don't know what the new mind going to do and think. It might embarrass you and make you sit down somewhere. That new mind that God has for you, it ain't going to be thriving off of attention. It ain't got to be heard. Well, how am I going to be heard if I got to be meek and quiet? <laughs> this Bible says that you are living epistles. Your life speaks louder than your mouth. Does everybody see that now? Look at what he says, verse 15. If ye love me, do what? Keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another what? Comforter. This is the change. You can pray all day long for the Holy Spirit to come live on the inside of you, but I can promise you he is not coming to live there if he can't lead you. He don't come on live on the inside of people because he's lonely and he wants company. And he's not interested in being your company. He is a leader. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? And if you can't be led by my mouth that speaks the, wo the voice of God, then you can't be led by the Holy Spirit either. If you can't be led by a physical man that's speaking the truth to you, that, that Holy Spirit ain't going to come to you in no quiet time and tell you to do anything. Does everybody see that? You know why the Spirit was given to them? The Bible says in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit is given to them that obey. How, so it almost seemed like it's a catch-22. Why do people have to obey before they receive the Holy Spirit? How is that possible? I'll tell you how. Because that Holy Spirit speaks through preachers. Are you following what the preacher's saying? Does everybody understand that? You got to be counted worthy to receive that Holy Spirit. You know why? Because it's easy to grieve him. And that Holy Spirit ain't interested in living the same life we live where we in and out of people's lives all the time. When he come live on the inside of you, he expect to stay there. But, you know, if you're one of those people, you have good days and bad days and you're in a slump and now today I'm raised up and then tomorrow I'm in a slump again. That Holy Spirit don't want to go through that, that depression. And he ain't interested in riding roller coasters. That Holy Spirit want a willing soldier. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> God, what do you want for me to do for you today, sir? <laughs> And he don't want somebody, Lord, you woke me up, I'm still here. What's my purpose? <laughs> Why do you let me live, God? Just take me out of here. 
Does it matter stay? That Holy Spirit, when he come to live on the inside of us, he want us to be ready to receive orders. That's the, that's the reason why he come. To give us orders. Does everybody understand that? Look at what he says, verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another what? Comforter. So do you know, in other words, so if the book of Acts tell us that the Holy Spirit is given to those that obey do you know for you to be comforted, you have to obey? For you to be comforted by the Holy Spirit, you have to be obedient. Does everybody understand that? You obey first, and then that Holy Spirit tell you why it was needed for you to obey. Does everybody understand? He ain't there to convince you. Come on, if you just obey, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> Verse 17, even the spirit of who? Even the spirit of who now? Whom the world cannot receive. Because it seeth him not. Everybody see. So if you're one of those people, God's got to show out and show you how good he is before you come to him. You can't receive the Holy Spirit. He's telling you that's the reason why the world can't receive him, because they need to see something. Neither know him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you. Now, these two verses here that we just that we read, he dwelleth where? With you. Let's back up to verse. Seven. Uh, verse nine. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? In these group of verses, the Lord proves that he is God the Father, he is the Son, and the Holy Spirit all in one. He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Look at what he, do, what he told his disciples. For, in verse 17, For he dwelleth with you. How is he dwelling with them? Jesus Christ. He's with you now. Does everybody understand that? But look at what he says. And shall be in you. How can he be in you? Because I'm going away. I can't be here in all three forms at the same time. So I, I'm going to have to lay down this flesh. Go back to the Father. In other words, go back to being the Father. And then I could send myself in another form to live on the inside of you. Does everybody see that? Do you know that's the reason why revival hadn't taken place all over the world? Because it wasn't meant for the Lord to travel the whole world. He was limited when he was in this earth. He could only be with a group, this group, that group at one time. So then he went back to, to heaven and he took on the form of a spirit again. And so now I can go home with all of y'all. I ain't got to just go to your house, Philip, and eat. And then Tuesday night we go to your house to eat. I can go home with all of y'all at the same time. This is the change. Isn't this much better? But see, when you don't like change, you're going to hold on to the Lord. Lord, you ain't going nowhere. I die for you. 
Who want it? What us? <laughs> People fight change because they've gotten used to the way things used to be. And they don't know, you know what, when you fight change, you cheating other people. If the Lord had gave them a decision, if, if the Lord had gave them the choice, do, do you want me to go back or do you want me to stay with y'all? What would they have chosen to stay? But what would they have left everybody else in the world at that time? They wouldn't have known anything about the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't have known anything about God. They'd have had to wait for the next revival in the next three years when he could make his rounds. Does everybody see now? So he's telling them, change, this change is good for you. It's, it's good for you that I go back. It's good for you that things change up. It's always for the best. Always. So he tells us, don't fight against it. I, if you just go with the flow, not only will I bless you, I'll, I'll bless other people through you. But you have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to go through these different stages. Quit trying to hold on to what you know. That's just like us as human beings. This is all I know. Does everybody understand that? Do you know some people are still in the same raggedy marriage they've been in because they're scared of change? Some people don't. You know, you look at two people, you can tell, I know y'all miserable. Why y'all still around each other? Y'all don't like each other. Nine times out of ten, you know what they're going to say? Because I don't feel like getting to know somebody else. I know you and your devils. I know you got a devil that wake you up at five o'clock in the morning. I know you got a screaming devil. I've gotten used to all of that. Does everybody understand that? In other words, people would rather be mistreated by what they know than accepting and moving into something they don't know. Everybody understand that now? People get used to dysfunction, and the whole time the Lord is coming, come here, come here, we accept strays. Don't, don't, it's going to be okay. You'll you get acclimated. <laughs> so we have to be willing to Accept those things that the Lord has given us. Does everybody understand that? And I'm telling you, if you want to grow in life, you're going to have to be willing to accept what the Lord say and do what he say, even when it's on the outside of your comfort zone. I it's sad when you people build a house around pain. Does everybody understand that? God don't intend for you to live in that place. But some of us, we've been living there for so long till that's all we know. And what happened is because that's all we know in our minds, we brace ourselves. Can't nobody, you know, if, uh, come here, Joshua. If, if I say, uh, here, 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 you come up, come, come up here. What what if if I do that with somebody that's that's done been mistreated, th they're gonna be hesitant about it. Okay, so what if I you know, go go ahead and sit down. So if I say, come come, I want you to come in, come I want to talk to you in the back. 
automatically what goes, think about what's going on, what was going on in your heart and your mind. If I call, if I, if I said, sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, I want you to meet me in the back. What's the first thing coming in your mind? Uh-oh, what did I do? Um, now, that's your litmus test. Come in the back with me. It, whatever your response is to that, that's where you are. You, and you have to determine the day. Am I the hurt pup that's been dropped off at GTT Ministries? <laughs> Does everybody understand that? How many of y'all I've hit just socked you in the stomach? You didn't see, see it coming. I just hit you. So why do you, why, why would you brace for mistreatment? Why would you brace for something bad? I would like to think that everybody is living according to God's word in here. So if I call you to the back, why are you expecting to be chastised? Unless you have not accepted change. Un unless you've accepted wounds any, any other time somebody called me to the back it didn't go well does everybody understand that now why wouldn't you expect something better why wouldn't you expect for me to hand you the keys to a car or give you money why would you expect the worst I'm telling you the devil trained you before God dropped you off here. Your mind is going to have to be renewed. And you know what, what, what when, when dogs have, those stray dogs have come around, we have to go out of our way to feed them. We have to go out of our way to, 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 to nurture them. Look, I see, I'm counting your ribs. You come on and eat some of this food. I don't see your heart beating. So you, you, you put the food in your hand and, and, and let them come up, you know, and they eat the food. Okay, I, you got a little food. I, I'm going to see how this going to go. And you know, some of you have been here for years. And God can't correct you. You won't receive correction because you're still in the phase of God having to feed you out of his hand to prove to you that he loves you. To prove to you that he's not going to mistreat you. Does everybody understand that? You don't want to die in that state. Does everybody understand that? The dogs that are at the house, they make good, they will make good watchdogs. But you can't use them as watchdogs as long as they are hurt dogs. <laughs> How can God use you? you? You wouldn't trust him to be able to use you. As long as you think he has the ability to hurt you. Does everybody understand that? The Lord said himself, I didn't come to take life. I, the devil comes to kill still and destroyed that's not why I came I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly 
So when he does call you to the back room, even if it's for correction, it's for you to have life. Does everybody understand that? And that and that's that's the that that's that's the tricky part about it. The devil whooped you with a paddle. And then when you come to the Lord, the Lord might have to whoop you too. But he's not doing it to be abusive. He's not doing it to hurt you. When the devil was whooping you, it was to hurt you. At some point, the devil knew you're going to give your life to the Lord, and I'm going to make his, the Lord's correction look like a beating. So when the Lord say, come here, come here, let me talk to you. You know, your mind ain't right about something. You need to straighten that up. What does it look like to you? Oh, here we go. <laughs> does everybody understand that? I knew it was a catch. Does everybody understand that? Do you know the Lord ought to be able to talk to you, just straight up talk to you? But you know, some people are, are so programmed. The devil has programmed their mind so bad that the Lord can't even hardly get to them and talk to them about things without them getting offended about it. And, and they can know in their heart, yeah, what you're saying is right. Yeah, I admit, I, I know I need to change. I, I know that. <laughs> what does the Lord do? Okay, okay, okay. I'm just look. I'm not. You know, we ain't got to come to blows here. Does everybody understand that? How do you want the Lord to approach you? What What can He do? I want you to think about it. how can He do that. If you know that it takes correction to grow in the Lord, if you know it takes a mind change to grow in him, how can he correct you when you've been hurt and you're holding on to it? What do you want him to do? He feeds you his word as plain as day. He shows you he loves you because there's some stuff you doing that he ain't killed you over. What else can he do? What else can you do? You've, you've spoken against his ministers and he didn't call it out when you come here. <laughs> didn't call you by name. He, 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 does everybody understand that? That's his love. He's feeding you out of his hand. <laughs> and he's trying to get you to see, look, I've done all I can do beyond being a sinner and, and compromising with you. At some point, you're going to have to receive the way I'm giving it to you. You're going to have to accept change. Does everybody understand that? I believe this Bible. I believe this word. And I'm telling you, he has sent a comforter back to this earth. Does everybody understand that? And let me make this clear. I'm not the comforter. No preacher is. No man in the flesh is the comforter. 
So it's not our job to comfort you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. You're going to have to be obedient to be comforted. Does everybody understand that? All right, let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you so much for this word. God, we ask that you will let these things sink down in our hearts. God, right now, we ask that you will lift the blinders up off of your people, Lord. Help them to see this glorious gospel that they've heard today. Help us to accept change and not be caught up in our comfort zone in the way that we're used to doing things. Forgive us, Lord, for holding up what you want to do in our lives. Forgive us, Lord, for telling you no at different times because we didn't know what was coming down the pipe. Help us, Lord, to trust in you more so that we can be used by you. Thank you so much, Lord, for preaching this word. Lord, we thank you for all the people that's here that's listening and all the people that's wherever they may be in the world that's listening to this message. God, we pray that you will prick hearts with this word, Lord. Help us to move into the things, into the deep things of your word, Lord. Help us to move into the deep things of your kingdom so that we can be a benefit to others. Lord, right now we yield ourselves to you. Lord, we ask that you will have your way in our lives. Lord, we ask also that you will heal us of the hurt that we have. Help us to let go of these things, Lord, that we've worshipped. Lord, we thank you right now for your power. Help us to never take that for granted. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, we thank you all for coming out. We pray that something was said that have blessed you. And right now, if the Lord will, we'll go ahead and dismiss you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs>